0: This is CYBOC, the cybersecurity body of knowledge. Distilling the knowledge from internationally recognized experts and providing foundational education and training for the cybersecurity sector. Hello and welcome to CYBOC. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Joining us today is Sasha Fall professor of computer science at Leibniz University, Hanover, and a tenured faculty at CISPA Helmholtz Center for Information Security. The knowledge area we're discussing today is web and mobile security. So today we're talking about uh, the Cybok knowledge area. This is web and mobile security. Um, let's just start off with some high-level stuff here. Can you just sort of take us through what is, uh, what is this knowledge area intended to provide information-wise?
1: This knowledge area is uh, like the idea of the knowledge area is to provide an overview of how the mobile and the web um, is connected in terms of security. So um, it is that the mobile and the web, they share like common approaches, technologies, and have like very similar requirements when it comes to security.
0: Well, let's dig in uh, together. I mean, can we start off with just some basic definitions here when we're talking about mobile, when we're talking about the web? What does that encompass?
1: I mean, we talk about um, obviously uh, mobile devices, mobile apps, more, but more, more mobile apps than uh, the actual devices. And when it comes to the web, we are obviously talking about web applications, web servers, web clients like browsers, and um, how they are connected to security.
0: One of the things that the uh, this knowledge area digs into when it comes to mobile devices is this idea of appification. Can you take us through what that encompasses?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, like. The, the, the appification phenomenon came, basically came up with um, um, the iPhone a couple of years ago, right? So when the iPhone came up and then Android later on, um, what happened was that um, we saw um, like lots of um, small applications popping up, like the there is an app for everything, um, came, became a really um, um, yeah, popular, uh, popular quote. So um, we have like, um, yeah, basically apps for, for everything, right? We have mobile browsers, we have banking apps, we have games, we have social networking apps. Um, so, yeah, basically um, like apps for, for like all the different um, things you can do with your mobile phone.
0: Yeah, there's an interesting little uh, sidebar here where you discuss the rise of the citizen developer, uh, which mm-hmm. is an interesting aspect of this.
1: Right, right. So um, what we saw before the appification was that um, usually software was written by uh, yeah, experienced software developers. So um, when the uh, appification came up and we saw so many apps um, popping up in app stores, what happened was that um, it became more and more attractive for many more people to have an app, like many more uh, companies, um, but also um, people um, to have an app, to write a an map, and um, that yeah, the result was that um, we saw many more people writing apps and that had the impact or the result that um, the typical app developer is different from the typical um, previous software developer um, in terms of experience.
0: And I suppose there's there's less gatekeeping as well. I mean, because of the rise of the app stores, um, you could have a, a sophisticated developer whose app is... Sitting right next to somebody who you know basically uh, uh, strung together a few APIs, um, and and on the App Store, those two apps look pretty equal to each other.
1: Right, and that's a problem for end users, right? So um, I mean, there is like the Facebook app in the App Store lo- looks pretty similar to um, like an an app written by an amateur, right, by by a novice app, uh, application developer. So um, it's good on the one end. So that um, the um, yeah, it's easier to get get an app out and get an app uh, published, but it also has like um, uh, lots of downsides and disadvantages when it comes to application security. As you can imagine, I mean, um, if you're a if you're a novice to the field, you're not necessarily um, as experienced when it comes to security.
0: Well, we we discuss appification. Let's talk about webification. What's going on there?
1: Another um, uh, thing that we learned in the in, in, in this area of mobile and web, is that um, when it comes to, to writing apps or websites, um, and that is where the uh, webification term uh, comes in, is that many of those um, uh, applications, not only websites, but also mobile applications, they um, are built on top of um, web technologies. So we, we have many, I mean, websites, of course, and, and, and web pages and browsers, they use all the web technology. Um, like protocols and um, HTML and JavaScript and all that, but also uh, mobile applications. So we have um, um, web views, for example. So many applications on your on a, on a mobile device, they are not native applications in terms of um, uh, binaries uh, written in C C or take other other languages, but written using um, those uh, same uh, web technologies. HTML again, uh, JavaScript, CSS, and also HTTP, HTTPS. When it comes to the protocol level,
0: and so with that comes, I suppose, uh, an ease in development, but also security issues as well.
1: Yeah, so um, it is that many um, like of the uh, uh, mobile applications share the same security uh, challenges that uh, applications um, have because of the verification, um, and we also, of course, saw um, many new. Um, uh, challenges, not only because um, those um, uh, citizen developers came up, but also because new technologies were introduced. Let me uh, mention um, permission dialogues, for example. So um, modern mobile applications and web applications, they take a different approach when it comes to access control. So um, most uh, people uh, probably are aware of those uh, permission dialogues in, in, in apps, but also maybe in the web. Um, I mean, when I joined this uh, this podcast, my browser asked me whether I was okay to uh, share my share my microphone with you, right? um with the with uh, the software. So um this is a new uh, security challenge, uh, for example, right? So um I mean end users, they um, um, yeah see those um, um, uh, permission dialogues and they have to make a decision. And um, on the other end, there are web de- uh, web or app uh, developers who have to decide on. What kind of permissions they want, so what kind of resources um, their applications or their websites need, and this is like, uh, for example, a new um, uh, yeah security challenge that came up with um, appification and also webification.
0: Well, let's talk about the app stores themselves. I mean, the, these application stores—they uh, provide, a, a, I suppose, a certain amount of security, a certain amount of gatekeeping.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, the um, uh, uh, mobile platforms um, and the web—they chose a different uh, a different route when it comes to software distribution. So they have these app stores. So um, uh, developers they upload their apps to a central like point of distribution, the app store, and users go to these app stores to download their applications, which has um, like mostly uh, positive um, uh, impact. On, uh on security because there are now um, like central points like app store providers uh, the app store for Apple and uh, the, the uh, Google play for Google for Android and they can basically control um, what kind of apps they uh, accept and they distribute they can um, run uh, security checks on the apps and they can also remove um uh, malicious apps from apps from their stores this is positive for security um. But that also comes um, with downsides, right? So we have those um, like big players, they control what kind of software people can publish and also download in their stores. And they can also um, like uh, block apps, right? So um, take um, maybe, I don't know, apps um, um, Google or, or Apple don't want. Um, so they can easily block them. So um, Basically, uh, positive for security, but also maybe come down um, come uh, with uh, downsides.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about sandboxing and and uh, how that can contribute to making these uh, these more secure. What's going on there?
1: So sandboxing basically is the idea of putting uh, mobile applications or websites in their own processes. Isolation, like process-based isolation, is an idea that usually comes from operating system security, or originally comes from operating system security. And as I already said, it basically means that a mobile app or a website, they run in their own system processes, which comes with um, positive uh, effects for for security. So they cannot easily break out um, of their uh, sandbox, for example. So it is not as easy for a malicious app to um break out of their process and let's say access um, other applications or access resources outside their processes and the same is true for uh for websites
0: I suppose as, as you say you know it's there, there's good and bad to all of this because it could make it more challenging if you want to have interoperability between apps um, might be some extra hoops you have to jump through
1: Right, you need some like usually mobile mobile platforms and also browsers. They provide APIs uh, specifically for that, right? So they provide uh, specific inter-app or inter-website, like inter-process communication channels that allow to exchange information between um, applications or between websites. But that's um, uh, way better, uh, like controlled um, than um, imagine there were no uh, or there was no isolation.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the security elements that are that are baked in here. I mean, things like HTTPS and um, certificates and authentication. How do how does how do all those things come into play?
1: They not necessarily have to do with um, with isolation. But let's take HTTPS for example. So the web is basically built on HTTP, the Hypertext Transfer Protocol, and. That is like totally fine to transfer information from uh, clients to servers, like mobile applications or browsers to, to web servers, for example. But it does not provide security out of the box. So you need to add this um, S to the protocol, turning HTTP into HTTPS, the secure version of HTTP. So that's, that basic, basically adds um, um, cryptography, encryption on top of the um, HTTP um, protocol and it uses, you already mentioned it, um, certificates mostly on the server side to authenticate servers to browsers or to users of, uh, of browsers, for example. So browsers visit websites, servers, basically, and they get those um, uh, certificates presented and they then can check whether um, uh, this certificate is trustworthy by basically checking uh, digital um, cryptographic signatures.
0: Let's talk about authentication then. I mean, both on the the apps themselves and and indeed the the mobile devices, the hardware. Uh, this is an important element,
1: right? This is an important element. It's basically um, uh, protecting uh, websites or also mobile applications against um, 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 yeah malicious users, basically, right? So most people um, are probably aware of usernames and passwords. So passwords are still the most um, like prominent um, authentication uh, mechanism in the web, but also on uh, uh, basically on mobile or in mobile applications. Um, And yeah, they kind of basically um, uh, intend to protect user accounts or or applications. And they come with um, like lots of challenges. So um, they were basically brought in uh, like decades ago. So passwords are like a really mature uh, uh, mechanism. And um yeah, they provide lots of challenges for users, right? So um users are ideally expected to have like strong passwords, to not reuse passwords, and all this is like actually more of a challenge for uh for the authentication part of the cyborg. But um yeah, for the web, um one challenge is to help users deal with um like uh yeah, lots of uh, different accounts they have and different um Yeah, basically passwords they need to deal with and um, ideas to to help them um, in this regard um, mostly are, um, uh, for example, password managers that um, are intended to help users uh, dealing like lots of different and but also uh, secure passwords um, in the web, but also um, on mobile applications.
0: Yeah, we, I've seen uh, lately more and more websites it seem are actually you know, checking passwords against breach databases. So if you try to use a password that's shown up in a one of the databases of breaches, they'll let you know and say, you know, you, you probably shouldn't use that password.
1: Exactly. That's a, a relatively new mechanism in the web um, to protect yeah, users against, weak, uh, against using weak passwords or reusing passwords.
0: Well, let's move on to the section that discusses the client-side vulnerabilities and, and mitigations. Can you take us through what are some of the primary things you cover in this section?
1: This section primarily covers, um, for example, phishing and, and, and click-checking. So phishing is basically a thing where some malicious attacker wants um, wants users to click on links of uh, fake websites um, like mostly it is um, uh, that phishing uh, leads people to um, to websites that look um, similar or, or like the same as an original website but use uh, for example a different domain and then try to steal um, using information by trying to trick users into uh, typing in um, uh, sensitive information maybe login credentials or credit card numbers right so, um, this um, uh, phishing in the web is a is a challenge, and clickjacking on, on mobile applications or on uh, mobile devices is relatively similar to phishing in the web, which is that malicious applications try to trick mobile app users into typing in uh, uh, information into basically into fake um, fake applications. Yeah, so this is one of the. Uh, client side challenges we go through. We then uh, talk a bit about uh, client side storage and physical <laughs> attacks against uh, against clients, basically against um, uh, mobile applications. So we um, know, for example, smudge attacks, which are um, on your like mobile device screen. You uh, I don't know are using uh, unlock patterns, for example, and you use your fingers by like basically uh, going over your screen. And um, this um, leaves um, oily smudges of users' fingers um, on the unlocking device. And then this uh, might allow uh, attackers to uh, reverse engineer um, your your unlock pattern, right?
0: Yeah, it's fascinating that, you know, I I think as much as we think about these things existing in the digital domain, that Mm -hmm. many of the vulnerabilities are in the physical world itself.
1: Right, right. I mean, that is true for, for uh, let's take this much attack again, or shoulder surfing also, right? We use um, um, uh, uh, yeah mobile mobile devices a lot for using apps, for surfing the web. And imagine you're like, um, I don't know, sitting in a train or uh, sitting in a, like, a public place typing in sensitive information um, uh, using your device and people like look over your shoulder and um, by that learn, um, I don't know, passwords, pins, uh, credit card numbers um, again. Right well
0: let's move on to the server side vulnerabilities what are some of the uh, concerns there
1: so on for the server side or on the server side um we are particularly uh, concerned about um yeah injection vulnerabilities um so um this is um a lot about uh, like a really typical um injection vulnerabilities and in sql injection for example so we have um, like in uh, many uh, web applications on the server side, um, a database in the backend to uh, like store and retrieve information, and we usually like manipulate those databases by uh, typing in or asking users to type in information into uh, um, uh, web applications. For example, usernames and passwords. Right. So you type in a username and a password into a form on a website and what happens behind the scenes is that information goes to uh, the web server and goes to the database and then basically comes back with, yes, authentication was successful, yeah? So, um, but like one possible vulnerability here is that people might be able to not type in, um, yeah, intended information, username and password, but some um, um, SQL command, for example, some code into those fields. And this might, in in the database or for the database, Side trigger some um, some events on the database, such as um, giving out all um, usernames and password or um, deleting the entire database. So we have those types of injection attacks on the server side. For example, we have um, what else do we have? What else is um, um, we have cross-site scripting attacks? For example, so uh, many websites and also um, uh, um, mobile web uh, applications they um, heavily rely on on JavaScript so dynamic uh, the dynamic execution of scripts um, in websites which um, yeah in some way manipulate um, the the Dom of a website for example and what we typically have is that the JavaScript comes from the server and is then executed on the client in the browser and this is totally fine and this is totally mostly totally okay because it was intended by by the developer but what could happen is that some, Malicious um, attacker is able to inject a JavaScript into uh, into a website. For example, by um, adding some uh, some JavaScript code to a URL, or by um, adding some JavaScript um, to a website. For example, uh, through typing in some information into a form, where you can like um, uh, type in some text, and this text might not necessarily be text, but could be. Uh, JavaScript code, and this then would be sent um, to people who visit the website, and this could be malicious code.
0: And of course, so you point out that um, there's a human error as a factor here where you you could have just simple misconfigurations on your server.
1: right. This is what what what, what happens in in like many cases is that um, some administrator or some developer um, writes some uh, some web application or configures some server. And um, leaves those components vulnerable to to attacks. And this, in many cases, it comes because um, components not necessarily come with um, secure configurations or secure settings by default. So um, administrators, for example, might choose insecure um, crypto algorithms to, or um, for HTTPS, for example, or they might use um, some weak certificates, for example, for HTTPS. And all of this can happen and ha- happened in the past is still happening and has a negative impact on our um, app and web security.
0: Well, what do you hope that people take away from this knowledge area document? What do you hope that they learn?
1: Um, I hope that they learn the like the foundation and what web and app security means or mobile security means that both um, areas share a lot have a lot in common because they use like either the same technology, same protocols or same approaches, get an idea of what, um, what the challenges are um, in terms of security and what they can do to protect their applications or mobile devices or also in the web, like their websites against those um, uh, security threats.
0: Our thanks to Sasha Fall for joining us. You can check out the entire web and mobile security knowledge area publication on the Cybok website, cybok.org. This podcast is a product of the University of Bristol, Cybok is funded by the UK National Cybersecurity Program and led by the University of Bristol's Professor Awais Rashid, along with Professor Andrew Martin, Professor George Denisis, Professor Emil Lupu, Professor Steve Schneider, and Dr. Howard Shivers. The Cybok podcast is produced by The Cyberwire with Senior Producer Jennifer Ibent and Bristol University's Helen Jones. The Executive Producer is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.